Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to Codependent Me Podcast. I am Tamala Shaw, your host. And today we have a very special guest. It is Greg Whiting. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me, Pamela. It's really wonderful to be here. Yes, thank you, thank you. I like to let people know we met on Podmatch. I like to shout them out because I've met some wonderful, wonderful people using that app. Likewise, it's been great. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Greg. Sure, yeah. I... You know, I help people heal. I, a lot of folks come to me with anxiety, depression, and chronic pain that they just have not been able to think or talk their way through, through a lot of traditional approaches to healing. And I'm helping them address the the impacts of trauma that are stored in the body that are, you know, really creating the overwhelm, the burnout, the emptiness um, that you know, just creates this stagnation, right? This stagnation and this elevated um, stress response. And so helping helping people start to get beneath that and start to resolve, you know, what's beneath the surface. Um, Trauma is often a big piece of of the equation. Right, absolutely. Um, And trauma can be something as simple as, Um, I say simple, but I was in a car accident in February and the person was a very strange accident. She was going in the opposite direction (laughs) and all of a sudden I hear someone screaming and I turn to my side to, you know, I'm thinking someone's being attacked when actually the back of her car was coming toward me. So she hit me, you know, from the, the back of her truck hit the side of my car so even now I have a bit of trauma because even if somebody's coming up to a stop sign, <laughs> I'm like, wait, is everything okay? So that's, I'm trying to work through, I'm trying to work through those things. And, you know, like I was telling you today, um, I've had some anxiety recently, you know, I've had some stresses when it comes to my job. So I can't wait to hear about these different methods that you have in order to help people with trauma and, you know, anxiety and depression, all, you know, because all of that is going on in the world. And it's really, I feel as though it's really heightened right now due to COVID, you know, there's a lot of stress that we went through that we're still kind of holding on to. And I like to normalize that because I think there's so much stigma around mental health and a lot of people are, really apprehensive around reaching out for support or even just acknowledging Mm -hmm. that they're struggling. And I like to really start the conversation with an understanding that what if anxiety and depression are actually a healthy response to an unhealthy environment, right? Mm -hmm. So what if it makes sense that you are feeling the way you are after having that accident, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. your system had you know, this impactful experience, and it's going to take time for your system to 
process that residue, right? And move it through your system. And, you know, fortunately we live in a day and age where there's more strategies and tools available to help us do that. But, you know, in the modern day and age, we, we don't shake off stress the way, you know, we may have done in, you know, um, a more earlier, an earlier time in, um, in the world where, you know, in nature, if you think of a gazelle being chased by a cheetah, I saw this on a nature show years ago, but it's just a really helpful imagery. You know, this gazelle actually gets away. The cheetah does not, you know, the cheetah does not win the race. Uh, and the moment the gazelle realizes that it's no longer in danger, it does this ritual shaking and just shakes off the stress response and instantaneously is able to go back into a rest and digest parasympathetic you know, state where we as humans don't do that so well, right? We have this um, impactful experience that may be life or death or or not even life or death, <clears throat> just something that's challenging, something that we you know, don't feel an experience that doesn't feel safe or we don't feel supported. And we keep replaying it, right? And we, you know, talk about it. We text about it. We post about it on social media. And so we're just re-engaging the sympathetic nervous system, which then will start to kind of get our wheels turning. And then that starts to imprint in the physiology and in the body and can start to present as chronic illness or chronic pain. Right. Um, so, you know, we, it's really important for us to find strategies that help us shake off the stress response. So we can learn a lot from you know, a gazelle. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's awesome because what we do, we end up, you know, we take it in and we have it in our shoulders and, you know, our neck and back and, you know, it, 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 it affects, from what I understand, it affects the weaker areas of your body as well, you know? So you may have some things going on internally and then those areas are affected as well. So let's, um, you have, well, you are the founder of the PRISM method. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So I really developed PRISMA out of my own journey healing mm-hmm. myself. Sorry. So if you, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. So if you, if you met me 25 years ago, um, I was suffering from chronic pain. I have a debilit- had a debilitating curve in my spine, scoliosis. So today I'm actually three inches taller than I was 25 years ago. And so I developed Prisma because I found that a lot of other traditional approaches to healing were really treating from the top down, you know, trying to like force my spine into a new position without understanding that what if trauma stored in my tissues and in my body and my fascia was actually holding my spine in a really maladapted way. Right. So to try to force the spine to straighten out without addressing the trauma just wasn't working, right? It was actually doing more harm than good. And it kind of had me like chasing my tail, right? But I was never able to catch it. And so, um, and I found that although traditional talk therapy has been very valuable, um, there was a limitation to how I may have a good intellectual understanding of some of my pain and my wounding, but how it was still being held within my body was still kind of a mystery, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really developed Prisma out of piecing together what I found over the last 25 years to work, 
right? To help me unravel this severe curve in my spine by addressing the trauma stored inside of my body. Um, so now, you know, anxiety and depression are no longer presenting, nor is the chronic pain. So it all started by just kind of a, a chance meeting with a friend who was a massage therapist. And she offered me a massage. And at the time, I was living with so much physical pain that I did not want a massage. Just touch was painful. Mm -hmm. um, and she offered me energy medicine and Reiki, which, you know, was something mm -hmm. I had never heard of. <laughs> and um, yet I had implicit trust with her. Um, and at that point, I was pretty much like, inches away from antidepressants and pain meds because I thought that's all that was out there right. and having trust in this friend who was letting me know about this whole new world uh, I just said sign me up you know let me have a taste of this and I realized I found something I didn't even know I was looking for um, you know my body just started to like melt and soften and you know this lifelong chronic tension and pain just started to subside it was almost like i kind of rose above this pain body and wow. up until that point the pain body was all i knew so i started to get a glimpse of wait maybe i'm not my pain <laughs> you know mm -hmm. maybe maybe this experience me kind of floating above this pain body is m more true to who i am right. um, so that was a really significant experience that told me I was onto something. So right. I started to study Reiki and those four years, I just dove headfirst and just continued to take all of my teacher's trainings. Um, she introduced me and in that process, yeah, emotions started to release through my body. You know, a lot of insights were starting to arise, but then all of the tissues, you know, the connected tissue and fascia is where we store trauma. It's where we store mm -hmm memories and emotions. And that's also mm -hmm. what pulled on our muscles and bones. So all of that was reorganizing. And so it was my spine. And so I was starting to just have a whole new experience of myself. You know, my whole body, mind and spirit were literally reorganizing and restructuring. Mm -hmm. So my Reiki teacher at the time uh, introduced me to meditation and I was like, all right, sign me up for more. So that launched me to eight months in India where I was just in this immersive residential meditation program yes. that kind of introduced me to the world of somatics helping to understand kind of what's stored in the body and mm -hmm. you know not all meditation is created equal um, and there's a time and a place for different practices but when it comes to trauma not many meditation practices are trauma informed meaning if we have a lot of trauma stored in the body it may not really be helpful for us to just sit in stillness, right? There's just like too much stress and tension that we're carrying. Mm -hmm. Try to just sit in stillness might actually aggravate that. So mm -hmm. when I was in India, I was learning a lot of meditation practices that were helping to release stress and tension in the body. And my spine continued to unravel. Nice. Um, came back to the States and that's where I yoga, Ayurveda came into the picture. And then I started to teach all of these pieces, you know, the, the energy medicine, yoga, Ayurveda fueled with like the mindfulness and the somatic based practices. Yeah. And about nine years ago, one of my students said, you know, you're really teaching a trauma informed approach to healing. And at that point, I didn't really have that language, trauma-informed. Like, I knew mm -hmm. I was healing my own trauma and helping others do the same. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so she was a therapist and uh, she invited me. She said, you know, I teach the trauma course at the California Institute of Integral Studies. Why don't you come on in and become my teacher's assistant so you can teach the students mindfulness-based practices to help them further kind of metabolize and digest, you know, the heavy nature of the course curriculum. Because mm -hmm. as we're learning about trauma, we're also healing trauma. Right. And so that's where I kind of got my education in the realm of trauma and neuroscience. So in the last nine years, I've been kind of reverse engineering how I've kind of intuitively pieced together all of these teachings and wisdoms into as practical and relevant of a healing system um, as possible. And so nice. that's Prisma. Wow. That's like, it's fascinating how it all happened, right? You know, you just give into your journey. I mean, I'm sure when you were laying there getting the Reiki, you didn't know you'd end up in India, you know? Oh, That's phenomenal. I was living a whole different life. <laughs> right? <laughs> this wasn't, oh this my wasn't the plan. <laughs> uh, That's fascinating. But life happens when we, you know, just start living life instead of following a plan, right? Exactly. Just allow it to happen. That is beautiful. What great work. Um, so... We talked about earlier um, pain, there being purpose in pain, right? Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Sure. Yeah, I I find a lot of people are looking for purpose, you know, because purpose is kind of a buzzword over the last, you know, probably 10 years. Living um, purpose. <laughs> and, you know, and I think people are becoming more and more, you know, disenfranchised with the the workplace and so there is a lot of you know shifting to try to create healthier cultures and workplaces and so there's yeah there's this there's this hunger for purpose i think in our mm -hmm. world but i think where people are getting it wrong is they're looking for purpose externally right well i just if i figure out what my purpose is out here it'll all come together it all makes sense and mm -hmm. my take is that purpose is really it comes from the inside out right? How do we mine the gold of unresolved trauma? How do we make meaning and significance from the most adverse experiences in our lives? Mm -hmm. And when we do, how does that help us kind of locate just a, a deeper presence, you know, help us locate uh, a quality of being, which mm -hmm. becomes a healing force for good. So it's not so much what we do, but it's who we are. It's how right. we do it. You know, I love the idea of Swadharma, like our life purpose, and just the imagery of like a star in a constellation. You know, the star just is being itself, right? It's not trying to be something that it's not. It's not um, trying to be the sun, right? It's just, and it, and it knows its place in the cosmic order, right? And I find that healing just helps us make sense of the messiness of, you know, this this wild ride we're on. Mm -hmm. And as we make sense of it, we really locate the center of our being. And that helps us kind of locate, you know, our place in, in the world. Um, and so I, I look at, I look at purpose as really more intrinsically motivated, right? It's what brings mm -hmm. us to life. It's what inspires us and what enlivens us. And I think our, our healing path helps us access that. Uh, as opposed to checking off boxes from, you know, externally 
motives, you know, you know, it's not the, it's not the paycheck. It's not the title. It's not the, you know, um, that's only going to, that's only going to provide us so much, you know, I completely understand. I mean, that's why we're on the codependent me podcast because me learning more about my codependency or honestly finding out I am codependent and healing that that's what led to the different things that I've been doing. And like you said, you know, your paycheck at work and all of that, that's wonderful. But when you're finding things that are going on within you, you realize that once you, you know, when you're in that healing, if you share those things, the things that you've learned, and that is really where the purpose you can find it. That is good, good stuff. I like that. So let's talk about this three inches taller though. Like (laughs) that's a big deal. So had you gone to the doctors and the doctor's like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> what happened? No, I mean, m- most, most Western medic medicine doctors are going to tell me that me unraveling three inches of my spine is un- impossible. Right. And, no. you know, there's so much limitation that is placed upon folks through prognosis and mm-hmm. diagnosis. I think diagnosis can be helpful but prognosis, not so much. And, you know, for me, the essence of healing wasn't trying to unravel my spine. And it wasn't even trying to heal the trauma, like how I healed myself and how I help my clients and students heal through Prisma is really helping us align to our innate wisdom. And so innate wisdom was a term coined in chiropractic. And, you know, if we get a paper cut, there's some healing wisdom healing mechanism that sends platelets and proteins and orchestrates all these biochemical transmissions. And that healing mechanism, that innate wisdom is functioning while we're having this conversation, while I'm sleeping, you know, while I'm working, while I'm watching a movie, while I'm working, whatever. It's always, it's working to heal that paper cut and I don't have to think about it. So healing is just helping us become more aligned to that innate wisdom. And so you know, another image is what if the body, mind, and spirit are a symphony orchestra? And when we're experiencing health, all the different parts of the symphony orchestra are really in this constant communication, this dialogue. And so all the different parts are in harmony and in balance, and they are making sweet music. And this musicality of being is just this resonance. And then stress and trauma comes in, environmental and hereditary influences can short circuit the nervous system, right? Just like your experience with the car accident. Mm -hmm. And as the nervous system gets short circuited, it starts to break down the communication between all the different parts of us, right? Mm -hmm. And as that communication starts to break down, we start to make a lot of noise instead of music. And then that noise is starting to become expressed through symptoms, through illness, through disease. So instead of focusing on illness or disease, or for in my case, instead of focusing on the trauma, the anxiety, the depression, the chronic pain, or the scoliosis, mm-hmm. all of my all of these tools were just helping me reconnect to my innate wisdom. And as we reconnect to innate wisdom, it just breaks up the noise and we return to that that state of wholeness. It's just a remembering the wholeness that mm-hmm. we are and how that can then start to bring all the different functionings online. You know, the energy medicine yeah. piece 
calms the cardiovascular system, regulates the nervous system, strengthens the immune system. So as my cardiovascular system's calming and my nervous system is regulating, then all of the fear that was stored in my body from early childhood trauma can start to process and metabolize, right? All of the guarding that I was carrying in my spine because I was perceiving that the world was dangerous and everyone's out to get me. It's like, well, actually, I start to realize that at one point I did get hurt, right? But actually, that doesn't mean that the world is out to get me today. Right. And so as I'm developing more nervous system regulation and my heart rate, you know, is finding a a greater syncopation, then the posturing and the guarding that was organized in my tissues and holding my spine in this rigid pattern Mm -hmm. can start to break free. And that's the mindfulness piece too. You know, the mindfulness is the mind training because the Mm -hmm. mind is always scanning for danger, right? Right. the mind training that's necessary in healing is saying, all right, well, that's what I perceive as danger or that is danger, but that's not the whole story. There's also all of this here. I know Mm -hmm. this sounds really silly, but I think it was Mr. Rogers that said like, always be on the lookout for the helpers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but when we have trauma on the brain, we're just looking out for the bad guys, right? So we have to train ourselves to look out for the helpers because there's a lot of helpers out there too. Mm -hmm. And that's helping us to reorient from pain to possibility and no longer have this entire identity structure around wounding, right? Mm -hmm. So we realize that, oh, I'm not my pain. But, you know, until I had that first experience, my pain was all I knew. So if that That was was all you knew, knew. then I believed that to be me. Right. Absolutely. I tell people that what you focus on is what will grow. So if you're focusing on the pain or the trauma and all of that, then that's where you're going to be. But if you can shift your mindset to the healing and all of that, that's kind of takes over, you know, that's wonderful. That's good stuff. So do you, cause I know people are going, I've got some things. <laughs> can he help me? <laughs> So um, I know you have a website, which is www.prismamethod.com. You help people virtually. Like if, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful to say that the podcast is in over 70 countries. So you might Great. get some, you know, some, <laughs> some people in different places. Yeah. So how can you help, you know, people in different areas than you're in? Yeah, my whole practice is online. So prismamethod.com invites people into my online course. And so the online course is basically eight modules that um, are delivered with workbooks that help you. It's That's really the trauma and neuroscience roadmap. You know, what I found was I went through years of therapy and healing in my early days, and I knew I was making progress and you know i was getting better but i didn't really know where i was or where i was headed so the trauma and neuroscience roadmap helps kind of locate where you are on this journey and then that provides all the somatic and mindfulness-based practices that i also guide folks through uh, three sessions a month when they join the community and it's one thing to learn practices it's another to actually embody them and so that's where the mind training comes in. It's like learning how to strengthen a muscle, right? And so um, 
so yeah, there's the trauma and neuroscience roadmap, and then the somatic and mindfulness-based practices are basically like the GPS. And then the energy medicine component, I teach a foundational energy medicine component, and that is really the vehicle we need for healing. And so yeah, all this is online. Um, I do have limited space to work with clients one-on-one, and that's over a nine to 12-month journey where I work with clients, yeah, three, three sessions a month, and that's really to map this arc of transformation. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of folks find me when they've tried everything under the sun and, you know, they just haven't moved the needle on their pain. Yeah, and right. When you're at the end of your rope, it can be really easy to give up if everything has failed you. And so, um, you know, it's really important that we advocate for ourselves and we follow the breadcrumbs and find, you know, one thing that gets us to the next step. Um, and I find that Prisma is just a really comprehensive and robust healing system that pairs all these essential components together to give people the tools they need to heal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, over the years, I've helped lots of folks. I have a psychiatrist that refers patients to me when he realizes that there's either complex trauma or PTSD that's presenting. Um, he had a patient that um, he had to take her off her medication because she no longer needed those medications. And he asked her, what, what are you doing differently? And she said, well, I'm working with Greg. Um, and to his credit, because this has happened before where doctors will say, well, I must have misdiagnosed you. Um, to his credit, he said, well, like, let me call this guy up. And so we've just developed a relationship where Very he recognizes nice. that, wow, when we start to heal, you know, complex trauma and PTSD, then a lot of these symptoms around mental health start to dissipate. And then we may be less dependent upon antidepressants and pain meds and and anxiety meds. So I've helped lots of folks either reduce or eliminate their dependence on meds or folks who have just been struggling and don't want to take that route. Like me, Mm -hmm. I, I was very close, you know, 25 years ago to leading in that direction, but something told me that that just wasn't the right path for me. And then fortunately I found other tools that, you know, helped make, helped make life. So, so yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting that the doctor was willing, you know, to talk to you and all that, because some people, they, you know, kind of take offense to it. Right. But I think that it's good that he was like, okay, well, let me find out what's going on over here. You know? Yeah. I think we're the, I think we're living in a time where there's much more of an integrative approach and, you know, I'm all for just people getting better. And so it's, it's not, it's not a a one treatment versus the other. It can be a very, you know, how I work is very compatible. So I have Mm -hmm. some clients that are very happy and content on their medications, how they choose to navigate that as a conversation between them and their medical doctor. Mm -hmm. But if they're starting to heal and they no longer are in pain, then they probably have an opportunity to investigate if, you know, continuing to medicate is the right route for them. And a lot of folks realize that that's no longer needed, you know, and again, I think sometimes pain and symptom management is necessary, Mm -hmm. but once we start to develop, you know, a toolbox of healing to start to heal the attachment wounding and trauma that's often, you know, beneath the surface, Mm -hmm. then we have a capacity to, um, you know, pain and symptom management just becomes less necessary because there's less pain or symptoms to manage. 
I love that because, you know, everybody's dealing with stress, anxiety, um, trauma, you know, on different levels, of course, but, you know, everyone has it. So for everyone to know that there's things out there to help you heal, um, where you don't have to hold on to certain pains, you know, it could be chronic pains. It could be, you know, soul pains, right? I think that it's very important for people to understand that you don't have to live with it, that you can heal it. And I think that, uh, this Prisma method is fantastic. I love it. It's good stuff. Well, I just want people to know that I will say it again. It is www.prismamethod.com. And Greg, this has been fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and I, just real quick, I, I do want to say that I love that you said that all meditations are not the same. That's big that I, you know, because like you said, some being still is not the way because most people, you think that, you know, meditation is getting in the yoga pose or, you know, sitting there and just listening and being still and all of that. But I've learned here recently that it is very different. I know some that do yoga. I know that some that they dance in their meditations, you know, all of that. So um, I hope that you hit on that as well in there because that is big because a lot of people don't realize that. So I want to ask you um, if you could leave the audience with anything, just telling them anything, what would it be? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important that if we reach out to a certain practitioner or a certain therapist or healer and it's not the right fit, that we don't just then throw in the towel and say, well, therapy's not for me or healing's not for me or energy medicine's not for me or meditation's not for me. It's like, well that one approach or that one practitioner may not have been the fit, right? It's just like dating, right? It's kind of a numbers game. And, you know, just because you go on a bad date doesn't mean that there's like nobody out there that's a match, right? Right, yeah. It's like, we just have to experiment and we really need to become our own best advocates on our healing path. And I think really important to find um, folk, you know, it's, it's actually more important the, the healing benefit comes through the relationship. So it, it's not necessarily the actual modality that mm-hmm. is effective. That's a part of it, but actually so much healing happens through the relationship, through the trust, right? Um, right. That's how the body and the brain and the nervous system can start to shift from patterns of alienation and isolation to connection mm-hmm. and the psychological trust and safety that's really necessary to heal trauma. And so, yeah, if you've tried everything and you still haven't found what you need, you know, don't give up. Keep trying. Absolutely. I love that. That is good stuff. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. And I want to thank you. I'd like to thank the audience because I do understand that you could choose any podcast that you want to, but you chose this one and I thank you. Be sure to contact Greg, Greg Whiting at www.prismamethod.com. And we thank you and you have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.
I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.